SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats. With yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. The toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. You can email me, go to the website, hit the contact Scott icon and fire away, which we did get from a listener who sent me something very interesting. Uh, I'm not sure if 366 listens to our program or maybe our source uh, reads 366, whatever that is. But I will read it to you. Uh, They sent out a tweet last night, 752 Eastern time. Rumor, as we continue to discuss the Washington football team slash Redskins. Bad news out of Washington is bad, capital letters now, and involves sexual assault, drug abuse, and alcohol abuse. Alex Santos and Richard Mann were allegedly fired due to the discovery of these circumstances or incidents. Uh, Former head coach Jay Gruden, Larry Hess, the former trainer, and Eric Schaefer, former senior VP of football, fired in January, are all said to be involved as well. Get all of this. Uh, Further goes on to say, the news is so bad, the minority owners of Washington want Snyder, their owner, Daniel Snyder, to be replaced or want out themselves. Washington Post, as our source said, uh, is expected to drop all this news and more tomorrow or Friday. Wow. How about that? Now, that follows up on the tweet I read you that I got from our source that basically said the same thing. So, you know, again, Sometimes you hear stories, and we brought it up, and I said, you know, it's kind of dopey for these minority owners to want to sell a football team over a name change and then not be able to find any buyers. Like, you know, it's the NFL. You, you Don't tell me you can't find buyers for an NFL football team, um, you know, especially as a minority owner where you don't have to plunk down a gazillion dollars. I thought that was strange why they would demand that and it's got to be more than just the name change if this stuff is true you know it's starting to leak out more and more boy it is not going to look good for one daniel snyder Uh, the name change looks like the least of two problems we'll discuss that more and our pga picks with the memorial getting underway in less than an hour SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Oh, it feels great to be back. I haven't uh, played on a, on a tournament venue in a while, and it's been well since February, so 
Uh, it's been a long time for me, and then to get out there and uh, to play with JT today was a, was a bunch of fun. And it's a, certainly a different world, different environment that we're in to play, you know, practice rounds like this and uh, and the, to watch the, as the tour has evolved and has started back and uh, to see no fans. Um, it's just a, it's a very different world out here. I've had to try and maximize it you know, every time I start since I've had my my last procedure, so um, our back procedure. So I've I've had to manage that and. Uh, my my levels of play. I mean, I really haven't played that much since then. So, I think that um, unfortunately, over the, over the last few years, that I've, I've been used to taking long breaks and long time off, and having to you know build you know my game and build it to a level where it's at a at a tour level at home, and then come out and play and play a few tournaments here and there. Uh, so that's something I have unfortunately been accustomed to. Uh, this was a a forced break for all of us but also one that I'm, I'm excited to get back into and playing again. Oh, yes, good old Tiger Woods. Uh, welcome back. Bagels and Bad Beats uh, on this Thursday morning, 13 minutes past the hour. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. 844-843-6879. First group gets underway in about 45 minutes. Tiger and company won't tee off. Shockingly, I know. You know, we're all just surprised that he wouldn't be teeing off at 7 a.m. Eastern time when no one's looking, right? <laughs> of course not. Tiger, Rory McIlroy, and Brooks Kepka will tee off at 1.15 or 1.17, technically, Eastern time, if all things go as planned. So you get the first group out in about 45 minutes, so we still have time to put a couple of shekels in on the, the memorial if you want to play it. And uh, the other major groups as far as tee times are concerned, uh, DeChambeau, uh, your defending champ uh, Cantlay, and Morikawa, the kid who won last week, tee off at 8.06 Eastern time. Then you got a pretty good group right after that. They did a nice job, I suppose, of teaming the groups up, if that makes any sense, in that you got uh, two you know really strong groups in Morikawa, DeChambeau, and Cantlay teeing off 8.06. Next group at 8.17, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, and Dander, uh, Xander uh, Schofley. And then, little, not necessarily a break, but then at 12.55, you got a decent little group of Sergio Garcia, John Rahm, and Tony Finau. They're followed up by Mickelson, Justin Rose, and Shane Lowry, which is pretty good. And then you got the Woods, Kepka, McElroy group right after them at 1.17. So you got the two strong groups at 8.06 and 8.17. And then you get the three major groups going back-to-back-to-back to back to back, uh, right around 1 o'clock Eastern time or so. And again, you know, for those who think this was by accident, as I had one of the phone callers yesterday say, uh, just drawing names out of a hat, uh, no, believe you me, this is not done by accident. i tell you what would have been fun, though. You know, if they have a personality, and Jack, you know, he's got a personality. Masters doesn't, but Jack does. You know, it would have been nice to kick off McElroy of that group and put Tiger Woods, Brooks Kepka, and Bryson DeChambeau. Now that would have been interesting because DeChambeau and Kepka have had this little running feud. They don't like each other. And then you throw Tiger Woods into the mix. You talk about like just a, a combustible three that would be must see TV. That actually would have been funny. You know, yeah, that's where golf's got to like develop a personality. What do we care if DeChambeau and Kepka hate each other, right? I mean, who who cares? You know, everyone hates Patrick Reed, so no matter who he's with, 
there's going to be something going on that you can watch. So between DeShambo, you know, swinging his club in disgust two weeks ago, and then Kepka calling him out on Twitter, you know, making fun of him. Oh, that would have been great. And now I don't expect these guys to just drop the, the gloves and, and start swinging in the middle of the fairway. But, you know, it would have been good theater. Just, you know, you got to bring some fannies to the table here. You got to offer a little bit more than just golf. Even like the Memorial, which generally golf will cover. You know, some of these other goofy tournaments that no one's ever heard of, you need to throw a little bit more at them. I get that. And the Memorial, you generally don't have to do that. But just the fact that they would tear uh, pair all these guys up like they did shows you that they just can't throw anything out there. So uh, have a little personality. It's only two rounds, right? I mean, listen, theoretically, these guys could get paired up for rounds three and four if they're sitting next to each other in the standings. And so, and you know, it makes you wonder, just makes you wonder if after Friday, let's just say the pairings and generally they go reverse. If you tee off in the morning on Thursday, then you tee off in the afternoon on Friday. In the case of uh, McElroy Woods and Kepka, which is like in the middle of the afternoon, I, I don't know necessarily what they do with that, but I do know it generally works in reverse. So guys in the morning will tee off in the afternoon this way. They, they keep it fair. So let's just say that uh, Kepka who tees off Friday morning, goes in at uh, three under par. And there's the Shambo with a five-foot birdie putt on 18 to move him to three under. Now, he knows Kepka's already in the clubhouse at three under. I wonder if just if there's a part of the Shambo that says, I don't want to deal with this bird brain. I, you know what? I'm going to throw a guy. I'm going to pull a Mrs. Woods and just take a four iron across his head. I, I just, uh, you know what? I'm going to miss this little five foot birdie putt. I can make this sucker blindfolded, left handed with my bare feet. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'll pull a Jim McMahon. You know, I could make this shot 99,000 times out of 99,001, but I don't want to be dealing with this bird brain Saturday and Sunday. No, early Saturday. No, thanks. Uh, no, you know, I, I just wonder if that would have gone into his uh, equation, but we, we don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe. But the Memorial should have done that. As it is, it's still a pretty good threesome, that is for sure. So for those who check it out, uh, enjoy your golf. And hopefully, we listen, it's a great field, 133 players. 17 of the top 20 in the world are in this thing. I mean, it's basically another major like we had a couple of weeks ago. Only top players sitting out, Adam Scott, because he's hurt, Terrell Hatton and uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Otherwise, all the big names, Mickelson and, uh, you know, everyone else. Obviously, Woods all there. Now, Woods has never missed a cut at the Memorial. He's won a record five times. Hasn't played since February, although he did have that little exhibition match with uh, Mickelson and Brady and uh, – uh, uh, Manning. So he did, you know, play. I'm assuming he's practicing. He's owned this course. He does love Jack and vice versa. So I don't doubt for a second you're going to get his A attempt. I'm not sure you're going to get his A game, but I do believe he's going into this thing not thinking, all right, I'm going to be done after two days and get the fudge out of here. This is just a sponsor recommendation. I, I do think he's going to try, but it's one thing to try and it's one thing to succeed. And two different things there. He does need one more win to pass Sam Sneed for most career wins. He would give him his 83rd. I mean, what the better way to do it than at the Memorial outside of a major, right? That This would be, boy, just a, a chip on his, uh, you know, block there that he would love to do. But again, you know, you could create all these scenarios on why Tiger is going to do well. Never missed a cut. He's won five times. 
you know, could set the all-time record, blah, 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 blah. But but that that's all nice on paper. But when you're out there and you're looking at a, you know, a 225-yard, uh, you know, fairway shot, and you you know, you you miss hit it. That's you know, all those desires, all those great storylines get thrown all out the window. So, here's what I like for the memorial. I and I think it's going to be a anti-Tiger thing. I really do. Uh, I'm putting a couple shekels on Tiger Woods to miss the cut. Top 70 players out of 133 that are entering make the cut. I don't think Tiger's going to basically finish in the top uh, half after two days. I, I don't. Um, getting plus two and a half to one or 225 anyway odds with FanDuel, uh, I, I th- I'll take my chances getting odds. I, I just I got to see this guy come off the bench after basically five months of inactivity, being around the family, being around friends, not doing anything, no competitive golf. I have to see it. The way the scores are being posted this year, since the return of golf in particular, he's got to bring his at least B game, and I don't think that's going to happen. C game is not going to get it done. I'll tell you another one I love. Over two and a half bogeys, round number one. You got to lay minus 135 on FanDuel. Boy, I love that. That, I almost like that more than I do Tiger Woods and this guy. You're telling me that he's going to shoot, you know, basically bogey-free golf? No way. No way. Now you got, you need three. You know, that's not necessarily bogey-free golf, Scott. I understand that. But you know what? A couple of, a couple of bogeys. You're never out of it with it. No, I, I, you know, I'll eat my hat if he doesn't have three bogeys around the whole one. More bets coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. On his Thursday morning, 25 minutes past the hour. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in till the top of the hour. 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. We'll head back to the phones here in a sec. First up, we're going to finish up the golf stuff. Uh, as we uh, touched on before we had to go to break, I do not think Tiger Woods is going to do well at this memorial, despite his success there and everything else going on and all the limelight. And, and good Lord, uh, you know, nothing personally against Tiger, but just the overwhelming Tiger media crunch that we get when this guy does do well. It's just it's just overwhelming. You know, uh, someone brought up like five or six different stories in the podcast that I was doing that just seemingly never gone away. Throw Tiger Woods into the mix. Again, no fault of his own, but, you know, whenever Tiger is playing and then, God forbid, should do well, it is just nonstop Tiger, 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 Tiger. And there's so many other storylines now in the world of golf, whether it's Kepka, whether it is DeChambeau, whether it's Dustin Johnson, who won two weeks ago, uh, whether it's this new guy, uh, Morikawa, who's taking the, the, uh, the tour, if you will, by storm. Uh, or McElroy, or some of the storylines that you know have gone the other way. Jordan Spieth falling apart at the seams. I told you yesterday, seventy to one, and, and we'll get into our golf picks here uh, as far as who's going to win. 
Uh, just great. So there's enough there without Tiger Woods. Listen, if he's on the leaderboard, great. Knock yourself out. You got to cover it. But if he ends up being, uh, you know, missing the cut or makes the cut, but it's just, you know, non-existent, just I hope we don't get to see every single one of Tiger Woods shots. So I'm playing Tiger Woods to miss the cut at plus two and a quarter. Over two and a half rounds, uh, over two and a half bogeys in round number one, which, you know, may or may not seem like a lot to you. To me, it does not seem. I almost like that one better than the Tiger Woods missing the cut because Tiger could make the cut but still get three bogeys. You know, I, I the thing is, though, you're getting odds with Tiger Woods missing the cut and you're laying a buck 35 with FanDuel anyway uh, with over two and a half bogeys. But it's not easy. To, I mean, think about it. To not play competitive golf for five months, and then you got on a you know you on a relatively tough golf course. This is not one of those chip shot uh, golf courses. To not have three bogeys in one round, that that's see. I think Tiger's going to be you know four, five, six bogeys and uh, two, three, four maybe birdies. I think he's going to be all over the map. That's what I think, and that's why that over two and a half. If there was one play this weekend. I don't know if that would be it, but that that's one of our best ones. <laughs> I'll stop myself before I say that. that. That's one of our top, you know, four. All right, so Tiger Woods missing the cut, plus two and a quarter. Over two and a half bogeys, Tiger, round number one, uh, minus 135. How about Brooks Kepka to make the cut? Minus 290 only. Now, I know we got suckered in by Kepka last week, and we got burned laying four to one to make the cut, because I figured – after he sent out that little dig tweet at the Shambo that he wouldn't, you know, lay an egg that weekend, but he did. You know, maybe he laid an egg in preparation for the memorial, which he knew was going to be a much bigger tournament. Possibly. Possibly. So is he going to miss two cuts in a row? No way. Especially when you throw in he's playing with Tiger Woods on Thursday and Friday. So if there was ever, 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 any doubt whatsoever that this guy's mind is going to be into it, like maybe it wasn't last week, throw that right out the window. Playing with Tiger, playing with McElroy, having all the cameras on him. Oh, if you're Brooks Kepka and you're as competitive as he is, you have to view this as just a golden opportunity to show the world that you're better than these two guys. I mean, I would be absolutely shocked to have him miss back-to-back cuts. And laying less than 3-1 to one for Kepka to make the cut, I know these are dangerous. And they are because it doesn't take a whole heck of a lot. And as we've talked about, you know, some of the numbers these guys are posting, you could shoot a halfway decent first couple of rounds and not make the cut just because some of the numbers that are going, you know, the low numbers. I don't think you're going to get a minus 3 or a minus 4 to make the cut like these previous tournaments. I'm guessing it's going to be... As usual, right around even, minus one, maybe even minus two. Um, that That's what I'm hoping. So I think we have a little bit more leeway with Kepka. So I'm going to lay it. I, I will, uh, you know, knowing we got Woods at plus odds, I'll lay the minus only 290. I mean, the three to one for a guy to make the cut as good as Kepka is. Boy, that, that, this one reminds me of the Jordan Spieth one that we had a couple of weeks ago when it was, uh, what, minus 190. Um, if Kepka, Misses back-to-back cuts, I'll just tip my hat and say, you know what, sometimes you're just wrong, and I'll, I'll take that chance. And uh, our last one, Tiger Woods' longest drive over under. You know, a little pop quiz. What do you think it is before I tell you what we're going over? You know, Tiger Woods, you know, he's a bomber. You got guys 
you know, hitting these 350, 60-yard drives like DeChambeau is doing and some of these other guys. It's only 320 and a half yards on FanDuel, his longest drive. Now, I don't necessarily buy these numbers that they post on TV, but just know it's Tiger Woods. So they're not going to go out of their way to embarrass him. So if they say it's, you know, 320, you know, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world to have them post 330 just to make it look like, hey, you know what, Tiger is still the man. Everybody loves Tiger. So they're going to bend over backwards in your favor if you play over. And I can't help but think he's not going to bomb at least one. I mean, 321 yards for Tiger Woods is really not that long. So, and, and knowing, again, he's playing with the with Kepka, and he's playing with McElroy, and he's got the others there. And I, I think this is a bit of a, as strange as this might sound, a little coming out party for Tiger Woods to show the world that it's still me. I'm, I'm still the face of golf, not these other clowns. So, uh, I'll take a long and basically pick a odds. You know, not laying odds uh, versus the regular VIG over 320 and a half longest drive yards for Tiger Woods. Um, I'm not going to do this, but I will tell you this. And looking at FanDuel, all the odds uh, were in favor of Tiger Woods doing poorly. You know, when they have matchups that I saw, you know, Tiger Woods versus Joe Schmo or Tiger Woods versus this guy. It was always Tiger as the underdog. You know, Tiger Woods missing a cut, getting odds. You only have to lay about three to one for him to make the cut, which realistically is, is not that bad. You know, over two and a half bogeys, you know, you would think most people would go, oh, under, under, under Tiger Woods, right? You know, uh, but not the case. You have to lay odds going over. So all those little prop bets for Tiger Woods all sided towards Tiger doing poorly this weekend, including make a double bogey or worse. Now, I was all set to pop on absolutely. I'll, I'll take my chances. He, uh, you know, plunks one into the water, which almost guarantees a, a double bogey, right? Again, pop quiz number two. What do you think the odds were if you wanted to say, yes, I think Tiger Woods will make a double, uh, double bogey or worse somewhere along the line? Minus 380. Plus 310. Coming back, if you think, no, he won't make a double bogey. I mean, if you would have given me these odds, you know, uh, in 2000, when, when Tiger was in his heyday and, and the late 90s and everything, man, oh, man, that would have been just phenomenal. But you have to lay basically four to one if you think Tiger Woods will make a double bogey or not. Now, I'm not sure how that works as far as him making the cuts. I'm assuming if he doesn't make the cut and he doesn't have a double bogey in rounds one and two, you win your bet, right? Or you lose your bet. Um, there's nothing specifying on FanDuel that says he has to make the cut. I don't think, anyway, I, I, I cut and pasted it, but uh, maybe I should uh, double-check on that. But either way, you have to lay four to one if you think he's going to make a double bogey. I would never do that. I mean, as much as I think he will make a double bogey, uh, I would never lay four to one on that. So those are the prop bets that we like. Woods misses the cut, over two and a half bogeys round one. Kept going to make the cut, and Woods' longest drive over 320 and a half yards. All right, now who are we going to put our shekels on to win the darn thing? Now, we could put the Wetzel Black Cloud on Woods, but at 27 to one, eh, you know what? Uh, I, I got him already failing, so I'm not going to Black Cloud him and, and put him on to win. We are going to go with our usual three, though, because, again, we're getting decent odds. Uh, we've been on Tony Finau. 
for the last couple of uh, tournaments. He hasn't really challenged, but we're going to go right back to him at 55 to 1. He's one of, in one of the main groups uh, with uh, Rom and Sergio Garcia. So he's expected to do well. I think he's going to do well. So 55 to 1. I'll take Tony Finau. Jason Day, 55 to 1. Now he struggled. However, he did play well last uh, last week. He finished in the, I don't know if he ended up finishing in the top 10, but he was on the leaderboard um, and, and actually played one of his best, you know, tournaments in a long, long time. So maybe, just maybe, Jason Day is back. And at 55 to 1, again, I'll take those monster odds. And then, call me silly, call me stubborn, I am part Polish, but I'm going to go right back to Jordan Spieth at 70 to 1. Uh, you know, 70 to 1 for a three-time majors champion, albeit not having won a major in three years. But this guy, 26 years old. Is it possible that at 26 he's past his prime and that he's no longer interested in playing golf, basically, which is why he is unable to win? I, I, you know, I, I'm going to keep on riding him, getting these mo- 70 to 1. This is not 10, 20, 30. I mean, 70 to 1 on a 26-year-old who's won three majors and should be winning again. I'm going to play him all year. Um, I'm just, uh, it's too tantalizing. It, it's, it's a bad thing because the odds are not going down on him. They go up each weekend. But at 70 to 1, I'll take it. So Finau, 55 to 1. Jason Day, 55 to 1. And uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, 70 to 1. Those are our three guys to win the Memorial. And you got the props. Woods not make the cut over to an app bogey's first round. Woods will drive over 320 and a half. And Kepka uh, to make the cut at minus 290. All right, uh, back to the phone calls, emails, and tweets. Thank you for that beat from Thursday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. I love and respect all the messages that the league did choose. But for me, um, I felt like with no message, with no name, it's going back to like who I was. And if I wasn't who I was today, I'm no different than anybody else of, of color. And I want that to be my message in the sense that um, just because I'm an NBA player, everybody has the same right, no matter what. And um, that's how I feel about my people of color is this the thing that we will do more action towards. Um, I'm with, like I said, the um, Black Lives Matter and, and all the phrases that they chose to put on the back of the jersey. But for me, it's a lot more about action. Four four eight four three six eight seven nine. The toll-free telephone number on this Thursday morning is uh, we are forty-one minutes past the hour. Scott Wetzel sitting in to the top of the hour. Jimmy Butler 
of the Miami Heat. See, that this is what happens when you open up the Pandora's box, NBA world. You know, they try and do the right thing and allow these nicknames and slogans, sayings, whatever you want to use uh, to describe them, on the back of the jerseys. I thought it was dopey from the outset. I don't think it belongs in sports. I just don't. That's my opinion of it. But okay, they wanted to throw uh, you know a bone to the NBA players who wanted to make a statement at the time. You know, basically a month or so ago, uh, things have kind of calmed down a little bit. By the way, um, but now you have guys that are coming out saying, okay, we fought like whatever to be able to put this stuff on the back of our jerseys, but now that's not enough, you know? Now LeBron's saying, well, you know what? I don't want to be part of it anymore. I, I I quit. I'm going home with my basketball. And AD says, well, if LeBron is doing it, then I have to do it as well because I'm kissing his ass. And now you got Jimmy Butler saying, well, the names are all fine. And, and the logic he uses is great. It, it really is. You know, I, I admire him for thinking like, hey, you know what? I know that me being an NBA player has given me your rights and, and different things in a platform that I would not get. So I, 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 you know, wholeheartedly agree with the premise. Let me just put nothing back there. And that'll really kind of show I'm, I'm a normal human being, not an NBA player, but it's just, it's one more request. And that's what happens. You know, instead of just taking the names, you know, there was a list of 20 of them. They could have chosen any of the 20, they had a say, you know, not everyone, not LeBron apparently, but, you know, they did have a say on what was okay and what was not okay, and that's not enough. You know, the black lines on the court, not enough. Names on the back of the jersey, not enough. Now I want one. Now I want a different one. Now I don't want any. You know, it, it's just it's not going to stop, and that's the issue with this stuff. You know, it, it's very easy to say, well, gee, why don't they allow this, you know? NFL, why don't you allow, you know, people to wear different color socks? I mean, what's the big deal? Well, because one guy's going to wear socks. The next guy's going to wear shoes. The next guy's going to wear cleats. The next guy's going to wear a different helmet. I mean, it, it, it just it opens up the Pandora's box. So, you know, you have dopes. Uh, you know, I don't say call him a dope, but you have Jimmy Butler, who, you know, wants to actually do a good thing, a symbolic gesture of having no name. But you just you can't have that. Are you there to play the NBA? Are you there to play the game? Are you there to make a social statement? That really is the bottom line to it all. And I got to tell you, you know, the, the Black Lives movement, it's taken a little while, but people are starting to see what it's turned into. And it's not turned into what, you know, the, the Black Lives movement, what was intended. Now it's being overrun by radicals and just troublemakers. You know, you go on Twitter, and I try and stay away from Twitter and, and some of the things that people are sending out. It's really, you know, there, there was one I saw yesterday of people down in Dallas that are just having some dinner outside, and these mopes, and, and they were white, more, you know, just as many whites as blacks who were, you know, the Black Lives Moment, and they just caused all this unrest and fights broke out, and that that's not what the Black Lives Moment was intended for. So that that organization, if you want to call that, has been overrun. And now it's almost like we don't we don't really even want to be associated with that anymore because you guys are causing nothing but trouble versus actually doing good. So it's, uh, you know, again, you open up the Pandora's box and, and that's that's what you get. No fans uh, will be watching the restart of the NBA in Orlando. We all know that. Right. But according to Dallas Mavs head coach Rick Carlisle, there will be a virtual fan scenario there. Digital boards, home team sounds. Uh, during the games, which, you know, it, it sounds goofy, but you got to do something. I, I, you know, I originally, when I read this story, I said, boy, that's going to be dumb. I mean, you know, the chance and stuff from people that aren't even in the stands, but 
you, you just can't have a silent gym, so you're going to throw some music. And there will be some people there. It's not like it's going to be a completely empty gym. There won't be fans there, but there has to be officials there and, uh, you know, security and, and uh, a couple of others, I'm sure. So, you, you know, you got to have, have some kind of feel for the players, not just, you know, watching on TV, but, you know, for the players themselves. Otherwise, they're going to think that they're just sitting in a gym, basically. Uh, and that that's not cool. So uh, as as goofy as it may end up being, let's hope they don't go over the top with this stuff. You know, NHL as well. We read a story yesterday, I think it was, where the NHL is asking their fans to to record slogans and statements and chants and different things, and they're going to play those during the games. So listen, uh, I'm, I'm quick to criticize things, but these leagues are behind the eight ball here. They, you know, what are they going to do? Uh, they're not allowed to have fans in the stands. They just can't have an empty arena or gym. They have to do something. They don't want to go too goofy, but they, they can't just have, like I said, an open gym. So to kind of, no matter what they do, you know, baseball is trying to do the, uh, the pictures and put the, the pictures of the fans in the stands, you know, that's going to be kind of weird, but at least it's somewhat normal. Um, I, I don't know how weird it's going to be as long as they don't go over the top. I'll be okay with it all. But, you know, let's just hope they realize, okay, they have to do something, but they don't have to have, you know, fans yelling and screaming specifically on what's going on and, and really kind of pretend that people are there. If it's just music or, you know, drowned out fans, okay. But if it gets a little bit more than that, then uh, we, we can't deal with that. Didn't really touch on Dak too much today because, quite frankly, I'm sick of it. You know, this is why Dak Prescott, you know, really should sign the contract is being offered because no one's talking about all these other players that didn't sign uh, long-term contracts. They got franchised. There's about 15 more. You know, we know about Derrick Henry. We know about, the, you know, Miles Garrett. We got the obvious Chris Jones. But there's, there's still about 15 others. But no one's really talking about those guys. But we are talking every single day incessantly about Dak Prescott. Why? Because he's the Dallas Cowgirls quarterback. That's why. And that's why Dak should take the money and, and just realize there's so much more money to be made if you're the starting quarterback of Dallas and you're successful. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, again, some of the numbers that were thrown out yesterday that apparently were offered to him between 33 and $35 million a year, over $100 million, just like Miles Garrett, guaranteed. $50 million signing bonus. I mean, think about that. Sign on this dotted line, Dak, and I'm going to give you a check for $50 million. He was going to get $70 million over the first two years of the contract. I mean, man, oh, man, oh, man. How do you say no to that? You know, and, and nothing for nothing. You know, you're at a fork in the road. Sometimes, and you either go left or you go right. And if you go straight, you're going to crash. Maybe he's going straight. I don't know. But he had a brother that that died earlier this year. Thirty-one years old. You know, it seems like he committed suicide. So, you know, when that thing happens, and he did a commercial with the brother. Remember, he was part of the uh, the Chunkies commercial. I don't know the circumstances around it, but you know that happened in April. I think it was. You know, you would think, right? That's going to make you do one of two things. It's going to make you tough and dig in and say, I want every freaking last penny I'm getting. You know what? This world sucks, and I'm going to take every little nickel I can get, and if I can't get it, then too damn bad. Or it's going to make you realize there are more important things in life than money. You know, you could have all the money in the world. I don't know how much money his brother had, 
But, you know, having access to Dak, I'm sure he was living a pretty good life. So you take the road of there are bigger things. I, I got a poor brother who, who who's dead at 31. Um, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and quibble over a couple of million bucks. What, what's you know? I'm getting rich here, rich beyond belief, rich beyond I ever, 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 ever thought. So let, where do I sign? Let's, let's get this done and start winning some Super Bowls. And he apparently is taking the first one. He's taking the latter. He's taking the, you know what? I'm going to dig in and you don't want to pay me what I think I deserve. Then too damn bad. And it's either that or he just doesn't want to be a Dallas Cowboy. It's as simple as that. I mean, I, I don't understand why you're going to quibble over whether it's a four or a five-year deal. And that's apparently what it's all about. And, and that, to me, is just minuscule. I, I don't know if it's necessarily, well, I want $36 million and you're only offering me $34. I'm not signing. Um, yeah, I want $120 million. You're only offering me $110, so I'm not signing. It sounds like, from what we've gotten, and we haven't gotten that much until recently, but you know, it sounds like the major thing is he wants a four-year contract so he can become a free agent sooner uh, versus a five-year contract. And, and it, I, I just don't understand how you wouldn't give in. If ultimately you want to be a Dallas Cowboy, if you realize life is great in Dallas, you love the organization, you love the players, you love Jerry Jones, you've had this argument back and forth, but ultimately you like the, your situation there, and if you're successful, what's the difference? I mean, you, listen, you're not all of a sudden going to fall off the cliff at 30 years old, right? If you become a free agent at 30 versus 31, I mean, what, you're going to be a bum at 31? The fifth year, you're going to stink? I mean, you're still with Dallas. You're still with Jerry Jones. You're not with an organization that doesn't try and win every single year. So you know Jones is going to do everything he possibly can to try and get you support to win every single season. So there's no realistic reason to think you're going to be great after the fourth year, but you're going to be a bum after the fifth year. I just, you know, you could have a difference of opinion, but why risk it? You know, why put the team behind the eight ball by having them have to pay you $31.4 million this year, but more importantly, have to fit $31.4 million under the salary cap? That's what people sometimes forget about these franchise tags. You have to put all $31 million under the cap this year if you're Dallas. He signs a long-term contract, and they want to spend some money on, oh, I don't know, Antonio Brown. Um, they could put $10 million or $15 million under the cap this year and spread out the rest in future years. You don't have that luxury with a franchise or a transition tag. You have to put the entire contract, and that's tough to do, $31 million. It is. So I, I just don't understand why if you want to be a Cowboy and you like it there and you like everyone why you just don't say, all right, you know what? I tried, I failed, so we'll sign a, a five-year contract. No big deal. It's not like the fifth year is going to be for chump change, for goodness sakes. Uh, he, he must, like I said, it, the, the, the death of his brother has either made him tough and stiff and he's digging in, or he just really doesn't want to be a Dallas Cowboy. You know, And if that's the case, that's the case. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with the pressure. You know, Played at a small time, if you will, you know, Mississippi State. Didn't go to Alabama. He didn't go to you know, Texas, you know, Mississippi State. Maybe he just doesn't like the limelight. Maybe he doesn't want to be the face of the franchise. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with the hassles of, uh, you know, having expectations to win Super Bowls every single year. But it, it makes no sense to me why he would not sign a, a long-term extension if he had one. I mean, you're going to quibble over a fifth year. Wow, that, that is just to me crazy. Just absolutely crazy. You know, we aren't going to spend that much time on it, but I did want to touch on the NHL playoffs because they get underway in uh, two weeks. They had made the seating announcement. Well, the seedings have been out, but they gave out the schedule uh, two days ago. So 
real quickly, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play four teams. We're going to take our favorite Boston Bruins at 6-1. to one. We're going to take the Islanders at 40-1. to one. We're going to take the Winnipeg Jets at 55-1. to one, And we're going to take the New York Rangers at 41. Very difficult this year because they all get reseeded. So it's not like uh, you could pull off an upset and then have a nice little bracket a little bit easier. No, it, it reshuffles the deck after every round. So it's real difficult. So you really got to go kind of basics. And what I've basically done is I've taken the teams I think who have goaltenders that can take them to the promised land, except, of course, for the Bruins, my favorite team. But the Islanders do. The Jets, I think, do with Connor Hellebuck. And I think the Rangers do as well with uh, Shishkirkin. So those are the four that we're going to be playing uh, for the NHL season, which we hope gets underway all this year. All right, we'll close up shop next. Maybe with that beats on Thursday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Wrap up shop with some tweets, emails, and some stories we didn't have time to get to. Clearwater Kid tweets in my site has Tiger's long drive at uh, 327 and a half. What the fudge? I'd still go over Clearwater Kid. The only issue with Tiger is whether his back acts up or not. That that's really it. He's gonna he's capable of hitting 330 blindfolded. It's just whether just whether his back is gonna act up, and that's it is a concern, obviously. Beer Steve tweets in, no one gives a rat's behind about NASCAR, but uh, because it's a condensed, wacky schedule, they have a race schedule for this Sunday, plus Tiger is playing this weekend, so it would have been dumb for them to have the all-star race in the this weekend. Well, that's true, Beer Steve, but that doesn't mean they have to have it you know, on, uh, on a Wednesday night. Make it another weekend, that's all. Uh, NFL, by the way, if it's in trouble, which it is, we know, 73 of the top 100 broadcasts last year, NFL games. Three quarters, basically, of all TV broadcasts, the highest rated game, or highest rated ones were, were NFL football games. Wow. Big Ten sent out a press release yesterday saying if Michigan is able to have a football season, it would be played with a reduced capacity crowd or no fans at all. Notre Dame officials say that the uh, there's only two options the way the country is going. Uh, no college football or uh, explore the spring. Interesting. Um, LL John from Indy sent out a tweet. I've seen this before. Change the Washington nickname to the Foreskins. Uh, we we definitely have seen that one before. Um, no luck on that. I, I still like the potato skins, to tell you the truth. All right, a couple of stories here we didn't have time to uh, to get to. Um, let us see, let us see, let us see. Uh, Rudy Gobert wants the NBA players to be mindful of the rules, calls the bubble petty, which is, you know, considering that Rudy Gobert is the one that screwed it all up, I don't think he should be talking about anything. Uh, good news with uh, Jacob DeGrom, considered day-to-day with his back issue. De'Aaron Fox is expected to miss at least 7 to 10 days with a sprained ankle. I, I tell you what, I don't know who's in worse shape, uh, whether the Sacramento Kings or it's the, the Brooklyn Nets. Both are pathetic. Great job by the phone calls, emails, and tweeters. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here on Bagels and Bad Beats. Have a good Thursday.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.